0: As we were saying with the trees. Yeah, but, but it, it's easy. That's what I mean. It, it's the, it's cooperation. It's collaboration. It's all for one, one for all. It, it's, and it's us humans that are doing that division. And we're at a time now, aren't we, in history where the division is just horrendous because of what's going on. And so I am so grateful that what I do for work Mm. is follow my purpose this is this i now believe is what i was here to do you know and i think we i think we all have you know a god-given purpose we have yes
1: yes and it's yeah.
0: finding it and interestingly enough growing up you know i did not have a good relationship with my mom for mm. children and none of us did she 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 did her best and didn't know how to be that good mom and my sister and i vowed that we would never be like her so from a young age it was like i will do a better job horrible way of putting it it was what i decided i'd do what i think now though david is i look back and think wow that woman gave up having a good relationship with four children to allow me to see how to do a good job that's led me to working with hundreds of other parents to help them have that great relationship to writing the book to having a community and I thank her now mm-hmm. that's the difference when people say have you forgiven her for this forgiven her for that forgiveness is great and beyond forgiveness is the gratitude
1: very true very very I true thank
0: her because she absolutely showed me how to not do it And then again, the worst time in my life was the divorce. And I thought I would never get through that with the three boys. Yeah. And I know now it was the best thing that could have happened.
1: You learn a lot through, I guess, um, negative experience because you understand, okay, I want, you go through it and you're like, you know what, this is how it is, but I want better. So then you strive and you use that as a baseline and you build upon it. Yeah. And you just keep putting those building blocks upon it, on it, on it, on it until you reach that level of, of inner peace. And that's what I love about it is that despite through, tr- like through trauma, through tragedy, there's mm-hmm. always a silver line with it yeah. and you learn life, a lot of life lessons from it. So it's funny because you could grow up in a fantastic um, childhood, but guess what? What are the lessons that you're learning on the way? Just because it's good for you, it doesn't mean it's good for everyone else. Yeah. It doesn't mean that it would be, it doesn't make you a fantastic parent at the end. It doesn't make you a, fa- a fantastic person at the end. Just because your environment is good, right? Because what are you learning from it? Yeah. Yes, you could learn to love, but when bad things happen, how are you reacting to it?
0: Mm-hmm. It is bad. Is- yeah. It's how you deal with something. Yes. And so one of the things that I think is really important, especially for parents, is to become more responsive so that you are considered, you're conscious, you're present, and you're gonna to respond to something rather than react. Because yeah. you react, and what what every action, there's an equal and opposite one. You react, the child does, then you do. And it's like, ah, that's an <laughs> argument just waiting to happen yeah. rather than being considered and responding. Very true. and you know, we, we're Blaming children, it's it's very easy to do. You're making mm-hmm. me angry, you're doing this. We point a finger when we've got three pointing back. It's like, well, you yep. just look where they are. Start here. And one of the things that I learned to do was to tell the boys how I was feeling or disassociate from it being them or their behavior. So it's a thing. I feel like this. When it's completely different, isn't
1: it? Very true. How did you, though, deal with like having the, you said you're, they're uniquely challenged. Yeah. Like, how did you deal with that as a parent? Because I don't see that's, that's, that to me, like, honestly, right, as of right now, I have no kids, but to get those life lessons. And this is where, again, I mentioned earlier, it's those digging those roots. Yeah. It's how would I get to that point? Like, if I come into that role, because my nephew, he's epileptic. But it is not, I know other people that have different challenges with their kids. And because he's my nephew, I don't see him every day when he was like, when he was going through that. So I know my sister was going through those challenges, but as a parent, as you, as being a parent and especially you had three of them uniquely um, challenged. How did that, um, how did you work with that?
0: Uh, Not very well at first, because Mm -hmm. my eldest son was only 10 years old when he had a huge brain hemorrhage. That's what happened to him. And it was because he had a defective heart. But we didn't know when he had that. And that was when the middle child was just 12 weeks old. And it was literally the day after the christening and the whole world fell apart. They didn't know whether to do the brain operation, the heart operation. So we had two years after that, really, of rehab of Chris going through operations and being on life support and being in intensive care, tough, tough times. And from that point, he has had several more things, aneurysms that have burst, he's had flow diverters in his brain. Now in 2015, after this big brain procedure, he had a stroke, Mm -hmm. then he coped a bit from that and he was just about recovering, then had another one in 2017. So he's at the point now where he is, very affected by the results of stroke and has still got clips in his head and coils and aneurysm and he's got he's this is interesting david because he's got a stent in his heart and it's time to replace it and he's not having it done Mm -hmm. now he's 42 years old so he's a grown-up and he's allowed to the difference for me is i totally completely and utterly respect that decision It's not my decision where i've got people saying to me you've got to make you've got to tell him how it's like no Mm -hmm. now that comes i think from my peace with life Mm -hmm. and understanding and believing that everything happens for a reason i don't always know what the reason is i know it happened i also believe that when we're born, we already have a path or an agenda or yep. lessons to learn. So yep. that's his. So, of course, the middle one was 12 weeks old when this happened, and the rehab and appointments went on for at least two years. We we're getting back to some kind of normality when Eden came along, who's on the autistic spectrum. And I knew that quite early on. And it was so learning to deal with a child who has that. And when he was finally diagnosed because schools couldn't cope with him, he was, you know, labeled, which the need for the statement of educational needs. You know, we have to put labels on them to get them the help they need.
1: That's one thing. Sorry, that's one thing I I, I hate. I hate the labeling of of, of of kids at such a young age. And I, I hate know. that the school system that and it's sad to say that we're not. And as we talked earlier the advancement of technology and, and knowledge of humans is that we're still not able to deal with or I, that's the wrong word to even say to deal with but to assist and to help um, children's with with um yeah. th- with um having challenges and such you see, really i bad. i knew
0: that eden was was special and mm-hmm. what the way i explain it is he's still connected mm-hmm he's not someone hasn't come along cut that cord and he still knows who he is and so he he i remember being on a bus when uh with my mom once and he went up to a black guy and took his hands and said why are the inside of your hands pink and my mother was mortified it's like, he can't do that he can't that. but yeah well he just has <laughs> it's not disrespectful he's curious no.
1: yep yep
0: It was a question, and so he was different. And then he was labeled with um, dyslexia, ADHD, semantic and pragmatic language disorder, language display and social and behavioral difficulties. Because he didn't get this box that we were trying to fit him in. And he he didn't get language. And Mm. he was so funny with language because if you would say something, he'd look at you as though you were mad. We use them a lot don't we pull your socks up it's raining cats and dogs it's like yeah. why are you saying that there's not someone at the door they're on the other side of it they're not at it and it, it, it was quite funny and a handful hmm. so the middle song got neglected and awful as it sounds i mean quite seriously neglected and got the attachment disorder because from being weeks old I couldn't take him into intensive care Mm -hmm. I couldn't take him into the hospital and I was just so distraught about we thought we'd lose Chris the eldest one this child was just farmed out to anybody that would have him not anybody literally but So I didn't spend a lot of time with him for the first two years of his life because we were always at hospital appointments, speech therapy, occupational therapy, uh, physiotherapy. It was tough and then along comes wonderful Eden and it's like, whoa, we've got another (laughs) area to (laughs) pay attention to now. Um, When I wasn't getting very far with help with Eden, I remember using a recorder on a morning before school. Mm. And Hallam was such a good child. And he'd be there reading his school book in the background, in the kitchen. I'm screaming at Eden to put his clothes back on and stop squeezing toothpaste over the mirror in the bathroom and leave. And it was just chaos. And there's Hallam reading beautifully. It would be about seven or eight. And I just go, yeah, 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 Hallam, very good. (sighs) That's still when I hear myself dismiss him. So that's when I say he suffered. So what he did, he progressed into causing himself to be noticed.
1: Uh, Uh,
0: Expelled from school, not doing well. Mm. Tattoos, smoking, in trouble, police. Just here I am, will somebody please take notice of me? Yep. Yep. It's hard. It is. it was just awful and one of the things I think you know um my husband worked away a lot Mm. and was away for weeks and so I was coping on my own even when I wasn't a single parent and then what happens is he comes home and then we don't want to do the things that he wants to do because we've got used to our time so it was really tough and then when the divorce happened it was it was inevitable Mm. um I thought there's got to be a way of dealing with this better, and I think when I I explained, you know, I've told you the NLP experience when I went to a different level, and I just knew there was something more than this. I was really peaceful, and I just knew that everything would work out all right, and there's nothing to worry about because it does work out all right. Yep, yep. How are they?
1: How are they right now? um, Your three kids.
0: They're all fantastic. Excellent. They are, they, I know Chris, the eldest one, for all his challenges, is so kind. He's got such a generous spirit. He, is, he just gets on with it. He gets on with it. And truthfully, I, s- I suppose he doesn't know any different. He's had issues like this from being 10. He hasn't got a partner. I don't think he's ever had a partner. And mm. so he doesn't have friends. He doesn't do very much with his life i sometimes think it's not a great quality of life and i don't understand why he would on some level have chosen it Mm -hmm. some people do
1: and i find that some people um especially when they're dealing with certain things they kind of want to just be left alone they don't want anyone to take on that burden with them so it could be something. I, I honestly, I'm just throwing out guesses here. It could be something like that. And we're just like, you know what? I don't want anyone to just have that burden with me. So let me enjoy life for, for myself. Yeah.
0: Right? Yeah. He went through a period before the big brain operation where he was, um, he was just constantly so smoking weed, stoned. Yeah. I mean, all day every and drinking. Mm. Not a nice place. And yet uh, there was nothing I could do except be there and support him. And now he doesn't do that. Mm. So that's the good about that, you know, he's not doing that anymore. He gets on and he copes with it. And he he, he astounds me with what he will do himself without asking anybody. Like, you know, he, he, he struggles to walk Mm -hmm. keep his balance his left side doesn't work well it's hard work for him and yet he'll get the boss and go into town and say no I I can do that so he will crack on he gets annoyed with himself because of his inability to do things and then he'll have an accident then he's angry and that is Mm -hmm. absolutely understandable yep yep and then Eden who is you know labeled on the autistic spectrum who was told he wouldn't go to mainstream school did and that was an interesting thing appealing to say I want him here um he got his we we've got GCSEs you know certificates of secondary education he got 10 uh, then he went to college because he wanted to do a diploma in applied sciences and take a history a level because he loved history and then went to university
1: <laughs> yeah that is awesome that is awesome
0: and I was just I'm grateful that I woke up to I could be such a better mom and more supportive almost by taking that step back Mm -hmm. and not telling them what to do.
1: As soon as you, I find as soon as you put a label on somebody and like you mentioned, and you have that box saying, this is a box I need you to fit into. Mm -hmm. And as soon as you're in that box, this is the label. Mm -hmm. That's when I think we give up. On them, that's when we stunt people's growth and we stunt their their potential. But as soon as we we say, guess what? Despite you being in a box, despite you having a label, I find that people, if they really want it and they really strive
0: mm. to
1: be better, mm. they realize that guess what? Yes, I'm in a box, but guess what? The box is open and the label could come off. Yeah. And I believe I strongly believe that that's what your kids did. Yeah, was like, yes, I, I, again, as you mentioned, they labeled him as having, as, as being artistic. He's like, well, okay, but guess what? I'm going to graduate from high school. I'm going to graduate from college and I'm going to graduate from university. What now?
0: <laughs> the truth is it was tough growing up because I couldn't handle it. And it was, yeah. it was off the wall. You know, he was, he was an interesting child. One of the things where it gets bandied around a lot is ADHD. Mm-hmm. And I like reading Ned Hallowell's stuff, and he talks about vast rather than ADHD, which is variable attention yes. um, stimulus. Tra- and that's what, he, what you what You give a child something that they want, even could draw for hours and make his own comics and play with Lego and marbles and roll hundreds of balls of Play Doh. So there wasn't really anything wrong with his attention. No. It was a stimulus outside of it. Yeah, yeah. And what I we agree. also know is that they're bright. they don't learn the same way. They have a different way of learning. And we know learning styles <clears throat> are different for all of us. And he is very kinesthetic. He has to do and move instead of keeping still. And we mm-hmm. still, as sophisticated as we are, it is still... Um, speaking isn't it it's still talking and listening talking and listening it's like if that's not going to land with them how are they going to retain the information we've got to be more inventive how we educate them that's very true and i'm glad you said that word it's educate
1: and that's the biggest thing and when i remember you mentioned um don't 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 and donut um one thing i've learned um especially being my position i am is that you can't say don't to people you have to learn and that's the biggest thing is educate yeah. coach and mentor
0: yeah
1: once you do those with with people people start to to cooperate they start to give feedback they they, they feel like they're more involved
0: yeah
1: and, that's, and, and whole, that's huge.
0: yeah a whole list of words like when, when we say to people you have to they don't mm-hmm. you have to do this you don't
1: mm-hmm. you know
0: you can't do that. A lot of the time, when we're saying it to a child, we mean I don't want you to. Mm-hmm. It's not can't. Yeah. And to say say somebody else, <clears throat> excuse me, should. How do you know what someone else should do? Mm-hmm. That's funny because um
1: when I work out, I will be picking up a, le- a weight, and my buddy will be like, "Oh, you can't lift that." And I look at him. It's like, no, it's not that I can't. I just have not gotten there yet. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then as soon as I said that, he'd be like, "Okay, you're right. Yeah. You're you, you have not gotten there yet.
0: It's yeah. yet. I yeah. can't yet, yet, yeah. yet." And one of the other words I've got a thing about is try, because your unconscious mind doesn't really understand try.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's got no movement in it. You either do or you don't. Like Yoda right. says, please do yes. or do not. There is no try. Yes. And <laughs> when when my ex picked up Eden after his science GCSE exam. His dad said to him, how was it? And Eden said, oh, I don't think I've done very well. And his dad said, it doesn't matter as long as you tried your best. And Eden said, no, I didn't, I did my best.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Just a huge difference, you know, what What the mind is thinking.
1: Yeah, and that's one thing I've, I've watched. Um, I have, uh, one of my friends growing up, he was very artistic and he had a lot, like he was um, ADHD, ADD at the time, they gave him Ritalin and so on and so forth um, when he was at school. At home, his parents were like, no, just don't take it at home. Just be yourself. And it's a very different night and day type of person. And as you mentioned, everyone learns differently. And that's what's key is because when I was around him, the way he, he maneuvered, the way he was very artistic in a sense that he could draw and build and things I wouldn't imagine about. And yet mm-hmm. now he's being, now he's being, when he goes to school, he's being handcuffed. It sucks. It really sucks. And, and it's, and I find that a lot of kids and a lot of adults just to deal with, um, I'll, for the lesser words, um, um, just to deal with challenging kids, they throw medicine at them, not realizing yeah. that someone that's grown up with ADHD, ADD, um, are being artistic and so on and so forth could be the next person that says, "Guess what? We could live on Earth and we could we could be eco friendly and and have these uh, great imaginations." But yeah. yet we're 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 handcuffing them, and I don't like that.
0: Well, what what school does most of the time is test people's ability to remember things. It's mm-hmm. a memory test. Learn this. Learn this. Learn this. Yep. It's not allowing them to be creative. Very true. Yep exploring things uh eden was on ritalin for a short while and it was horrendous mm-hmm. he got facial tics and m- odd movements and was incredibly emotional it's like oh i did no good whatsoever mm-hmm. i know everyone's different but that's it we just want people to make life easy for us and sometimes it isn't with these challenging children yeah.
1: and it's uh, like you said like it's yeah it might be life make easier for us but what about them is their life easier
0: yeah
1: and we're, we're throwing them and again I, I love the expression my friend always said is these invisible handcuffs just to make their life easier it doesn't make our life easy
0: no eden's eden says he's, he's not suffered from it you know he doesn't th- it, it doesn't bother him he is who he is he's very self-assured he's he's funny and it's i remember when he was about not very old eight or nine came down one morning he'd got the big yellow pages out and he's going down them and he'd already made a few phone calls to um game stores game station or what what, to find this particular game now he would do that without thinking anything of it because he knew how to do it and he knew Mm. to get a number and he knew whereas the middle son wouldn't he was scared of doing something new or trying things or speaking to people or I thought the difference because Eden didn't have much fear, and that's where so many humans are living in fear. Mm-hmm. The times we're living in now, fear. Yeah, yep. and we know we've talked about you know the emotions on the body. The vibration of fear is so low. People tend not to think about that word emotion. It means energy in motion.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So where's this energy? It's going through your body at a very low rate and it's affecting every single one of those trillions of cells. Whereas you raise yourself up to a higher emotion and it's doing you a lot of good.
1: Yes, that's true. That's very true.
0: Yeah. So yeah. I, yeah, I got my hands well and truly full with these three boys. But on reflection, I think I said I would do that. Mm-hmm. That was my, yeah, to have the journey I have, to learn the lessons. Interestingly enough, when I told you that Chris was 10 years old when he had his brain hemorrhage and was rushed to hospital and was in intensive care, it was the day after the christening. And I remember that morning when Chris had gone off to school, I was worried about cake trodden into the carpet and a vimto spill. Then when I saw this child who I was told might not survive i remember the doctor telling me outside before we went in he prepared me he said as i'm talking to you now you might not have a child anymore Mm -hmm. that's how bad it was and he was the machinery around him was incredible and the syringes and i remember thinking i don't care if my house burns down and i just cared about a carpet Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and so my perspective actually changed massively then so it did move me in a different direction. And then, of course, I've learned more NLP, energy therapies, quantum science. I'm fascinated by it. Spirituality, like we talked about it, you know, the Eastern um, practices make so much sense.
1: Yes, very true. Yep.
0: And we, we forget that we're human beings. That means be. Yep. Not do, 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 do. <laughs> I do suggest if you have that list of all those things you've got to do, have that list of all the things you're going to be today.
1: I like that. I'm going to, I'm that's, 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 I like that. I'm going to try that one day and just have that list of this is what I want to be versus this is what I got to do. And Simple you'll see, it's, you'll see that they're, they, they're very different. You'll see it's I, very, though. They'll really, the B uh, starts down.
0: with intention. I am going to be peaceful, calm, kind, smiley, helpful. Mm-hmm. That, And if you just put an in intention out there, the vibration out there is more likely to find you. <laughs> well, we could talk a lot longer. I have another call.
1: <laughs> Perfect. Um, I could just wrap this up real quick. I see a book behind you that says Parenting Magic.
0: You do. Give me That's it. That's all. All my wisdom is in there. Excellent. Well, no, not all of it. I'm sure I've got more. Uh, yeah, a new approach to behaviour and communication because this is it. If we change that, the results we get are incredible. So it, it's almost got four sections or four pillars, and mm-hmm. one of them is to understand who and what we are and what we're capable of to understand that we are energetic beings and energetic communications going on all the time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And we, we can't not be communicating. We're communicating with this electromagnetic field that is just coming off us constantly. Parents aren't told or don't find out about brain and child development, that if we knew it would help us know why a toddler is just having a meltdown when they experience An emotion for the first time
1: we've forgotten
0: that yeah there's gonna be a first time this energy is going through the body and they haven't got a clue what's going on and then we have not very much understanding well i certainly didn't teenage brains they're not wired properly yet there's an awful lot going on they don't Mm -hmm. produce the melatonin when we do when we want them to go to bed it's like the early hours of the morning and then they want to sleep in because they're growing and the body's going through such rapid change so that's important and for me it's understanding I think what the journey of parent and child is there's a spiritual element to it they're here to teach us as well if they trigger you it's like look at what it is why are you getting so angry about not being listened to Mm-hmm. And what I find with clients is because they're not listened to in another area of the life or as a child or in past lives, because we bring energy from other places. Energy mm-hmm. can't be created or destroyed, as we've said.
1: Very true. That's so very the body true. might
0: be new, brand new, shiny babies. The energy inside won't be. And what happens in the womb is incredible. Whatever the mother's going through will have an effect So, you know, parenting is a huge job and a huge responsibility. And I do think at least the book is the things I found that have led me from being, you know, on medication, depressed, Mm -hmm. drinking alcohol every night to having and, and screaming at these kids and blaming them and just not enjoying them to having a fantastic relationship with them.
1: Yeah. Yep. I agree with you on that one.
0: Good.
1: <laughs> so I assume your book is coming out in August it's, 18th? It's
0: out. It is out. Oh, yeah. out. Okay, perfect. Yeah, out. Um, so, is it on Amazon or no? It is on Amazon. Yeah. Shall I drop Excellent. you links?
1: Yes, please. I will add it to the bottom of this podcast then. Okay. Excellent. Karen, you have been a fantastic guest, a fantastic <laughs> spirit to talk to. Um, I Hopefully we could talk more. I know what, I'm going to say hopefully, we are going to talk more.
0: <laughs> I was going to say that, yeah. And one of the things that I like, to, I say to people, would you please stop trying and give up hope? Yeah. Because if you are keep trying, you're not doing it, make your mind up, do or don't, do or don't. And then exactly. hope, I understand that. I understand that people will say hope's a great thing. When we say it, if we hope it, it waters down our own ability to make something happen. I think.
1: It reduces faith, I find you throw hope it's a maybe you're, you're, you're hoping it, it's a maybe it will happen when you say it's going to happen or you're like, I faithfully believe that's going to happen. Yeah. Very different mindset. It's a very Absolutely. different mindset.
0: Yes. We shall do this again then if it's all right with you, David. Oh,
1: for sure. For sure. Thank you so much for being on my podcast.